everybody. Uh, welcome back to Capes and Japes. I have just watched the new Mob Psycho, so I need to reorient myself to talking about things that are not Mob Psycho. Oh boy, we got that Mob Psycho energy. <laughs> we got that big Mob Psycho. We have one of us has Mob Psycho energy, and one of us has just worked all day and is sick energy, so... I'm not, like, sick, sick. At least, uh, <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, I also hope that. I leave on Thursday for WonderCon. <laughs> It'll be fine. Everybody just, just, just send E good healing thoughts. And also talk to me about Mob Psycho after you do that. <laughs> um, we're not talking about Mob Psycho today. Um, we are not, uh, talking about... WonderCon, we are, uh, going to be talking about, uh, The Black Canary, Dinah Lance, because uh, last week we talked about, uh, The Green Arrow, Oliver Queen, um, and, uh, today we are going to talk about his, uh, long-term on-again, off-again love interest, uh, and one of the, uh, the members of the Arrow family, the extended Arrow family, um, the, uh, the Black Canary. Um, we are, uh, first, we're going to be talking about Dinah Lance, who is the current Black Canary, and, uh, the one that, uh, people most recognize. We're also going to be talking a little bit about her mom, Dinah Drake, because some very weird stuff happened in there. <laughs> some very weird, very comics. Very yeah, comics stuff. Yeah, I was about to say, like, when does stuff not get weird in comics? <laughs> it's true. It's, I mean, it, it, it always does. Um, but so the, um, the first, uh, Black Canary character, uh, is named Dinah Drake. Um, she is introduced in, uh, the late 40s, in 1947, um, as part of a, uh, it was in Flash Comics, um, but in the early days of comics in the 40s, uh, most, like, ongoing comic books had, you know, like, multiple, like, character stories featured in them, um, show she was, uh, introduced, uh, in a story about a character named, uh, Johnny Thunder, who has not had the same staying power <laughs> that the Black Canary has had, um, and there's actually a quote from Carmine Infantino, who's the artist who designed her, um, <laughs> talking about, uh, how you know, the writer had no respect for these characters, the stories weren't as good as The Flash, DC knew Johnny Thunder was a loser, so we brought the Black Canary into the series. Immediately she got a good response, and it was, Bye-bye, Johnny Thunder! Nobody missed him! Goodbye, Johnny. <laughs> See you later. Um, but, uh, uh, Carmine Infantino, uh, designs the character, creates the, uh, very iconic, uh, Black Canary costume, through which most of the, uh, most recognizable elements have, uh, withheld the test of time, because she's introduced with the same, uh, she's got black fishnet stockings, and boots, uh, and, like, kind of a black leotard, uh, and then a, like, a black leather jacket. Um, which, which is, is a very good look. It is a great look. One of the things I've always kind of loved about Dinah's costume is that, like, like, it looks like something you could just go, like, buy and wear. Like, it looks like she kind of just, like, got some stuff and was like, I could look like a superhero in this. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, um, extremely cool. Um, the fishnets are a little, you know, some, some people make it more pointedly sexualized. 
than others. Um, she's definitely introduced. I mean, it's the 40s, so, you know, like, she's wearing fishnets. It's, like, very clearly intended to be like, yeah, this is a sexy woman. Um, but, like, <laughs> compared, compared to what a lot of female superhero costumes look like, fishnets are kind of tame. Yeah. Like, at least she gets a jacket, right? Yeah, she gets a jacket. Like, most of her body is covered. It's just some of it is covered with, you know, crisscrossy tights. <laughs> um, but, uh, it is very cool. She also, um, she has, uh, initially, this is true, um, of both, uh, this original Black Canary and the current Black Canary. Um, she originally has black hair, um, and wears a blonde wig as, like, her disguise when she's crime-fighting. Um, current Dinah also wore a wig for, like, a long time, and I think during Birds of Prey, um, she, like, actually just dyed her hair. Um, which is, I mean, like, given what Clark Kent gets away with, a blonde wig is probably, like, a pretty effective superhero disguise. Yeah. Um... But so, uh, this, uh, this initial version, um, of the Black Canary, uh, is, uh, she's introduced as a, uh, she's originally, uh, like, a villain, and then it's revealed, like, oh, she was just infiltrating this crime syndicate to, you know, spy on them so she could take them down from the inside, um, she does not have any superpowers. Uh, she's just very cool and good at punching. Um, and after she's uh, introduced in this Johnny Thunder story, she ends up uh, getting her own feature in uh, Flash Comics, um, where it goes into her... Uh, her crime-fighting career, and also her, uh, love interest slash partner, um, named, uh, Larry Lance, who's a detective. Um, she does, uh, own a, uh, flower shop, which also comes in, uh, to current Black Canary's backstory, um, which leads to my favorite pun of all time, which is Shorewood Florist. <laughs> Um, but so she's around, uh, throughout the 40s, um, she's on the, uh, Justice Society of America, um, which predates the Justice League, it was like the early version, it still exists, um, but it was created before the Justice League as what the Justice League is now, um, and, uh, Later on, along with a bunch, uh, a bunch of other, uh, characters from this era, um, we talked about this with The Flash, um, but when they introduce, uh, Barry Allen as The Flash, they, like, redo The Flash, it's Barry Allen now, um, in, like, the, uh, the 50s and into the 60s, um, they do this storyline that establishes the fact that the previous Flash, Jay Garrick, still existed, uh, but he just existed on a different world, um, and introduces this concept of the multiverse and having, like, multiple realities, um, and, you know, Barry discovers this and realizes that there's another Flash and there's this whole other world where all of these things are happening that, you know, are all just, like, things from the Golden Age comics that DC didn't <laughs> want to get rid of, because they were like, we should keep these, they're great, and then, you know, like, 30 years down the line, they were like, oh, we've made a terrible mistake, there's too many, there's too many realities, and now we have to, we have to get rid of some of them. Um, The classic comics mistake. You know, you know how, it just, it really be like that. Um, but, uh, so, 
it's established that uh the the original uh black canary exists on this world uh along with a bunch of other like characters from this era um she develops her iconic superpower in like the late 60s um which is uh her canary cry um which is uh she she like can do like a uh a, an ultrasonic scream that can you know like knock things over it can like break glass it can you know do all of these uh various complicated sonic things that sometimes get uh way more unrealistic than any sort of like normal sonic weapon would be able to do um but that's fine it's comics um, so she has, she has this fun superpower, um, which she can't, like, she doesn't have a whole lot of control over it, um, at this time. Um, and a lot of this isn't, like, super explained, um, or really, like, covered in too much detail, um, and this is the tone I use when things are about to get a little bit weird. Um, <laughs> but, like, nobody nobody cared, like, that much about, the, like, these Justice Society, like, Golden Age characters. Because they weren't, like, really, uh, you know, first stringers by any stretch. And they also existed on a different world. Um, so, they... <sighs> So they try, um, they try to come up with an explanation for this. Because they're like, we just sort of gave her superpowers and it was not really explained. And also, um, some of these other characters have aged, um, but, uh, Black Canary has just kind of looked the same since her introduction. And that's definitely because of sexism. But we're going to give it an in-canon reason now. Um... And the in-canon reason is that, uh, so Dinah and her, uh, husband, Larry Lance, have a daughter. They named their daughter Dinah also. Uh, Dinah Laurel Lance. To be fair, dudes do it all the time. Dude, like, they, they do. They do. Like, it's definitely not unheard of. I'm Jack this and this happen. is Jack Jr. Yeah. Dinah Jr. Um, except nobody calls her Dinah Jr. They distinguish it by calling her uh Dinah Laurel Lance. Um or her mom is like Dinah Drake Lance. But that's also confusing because her name could also be Dinah Drake Lance if her parents had like chosen to give her a hyphenated last name. Um Or you could do what Arrowverse did and just call her Laurel. <laughs> Yeah. And then all the comics fans are like, wait, is this... Hold on. Wait, hold on. Why are they just calling her Laurel? (laughs) Oops. Um, okay. So I'm gonna... I didn't know any of this before today. I'm gonna see if I can explain this. So they have a daughter. Um, their daughter is cursed by a, uh, a, a golden age supervillain called uh the wizard and i read i read this at first and i just read it really quickly it's like their daughter was she was cursed by the wizard and i thought they just meant like just a wizard like some wizard um just you know any old wizard yeah just uh just pick a wizard um the wizard um also a supervillain i'm not terribly familiar with the wizard real name, I do have to say this real quick, the wizard's real name is William A. Zard. (laughs) Willie Azard. I'm Willie Azard? I'm definitely not a Pokemon. I'm absolutely not a Pokemon or a wizard. Don't worry about it. Um, he curses the Black Canary's daughter with this, uh, this sonic scream superpower, because, you know, she 
was a supervillain and she took down one of his crimes or one of his evil schemes or whatever and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get you by giving your daughter a superpower, but it's a a bad dangerous superpower that she won't be able to control." <laughs> so look out. Um to be fair, how old was she when she got this power? Cuz uh, if she was an infant and you gave an infant destructive screams? Yeah. That, you know what? That's that's, that's about a pretty good curse. That's about the worst curse you could do. Um <laughs> not only is this baby crying all the time and we can't sleep, she might literally take the house down. Yeah, she is she's actually destroyed everything around her. This is terrible. This wizard this wizard really got us good. This terrible, terrible wizard. Um, so, okay. So, curse is baby Dinah. Um, adult Dinah is like, oh no, what do we do? How do we undo this curse? Um, and she goes to old Johnny Thunder, who's still around, and is like, can you Johnny Thunder didn't just, like, die? No, I guess, I mean... He probably did at some point, but this is in the in the past. I yeah. Um, I guess um goes goes to Johnny Thunder and says, "Uh, can you cure my daughter of this curse, this terrible wizard's curse that will in future stories be just a very cool superpower, but right now it is an awful awful curse." And Johnny Thunder says, "Uh, no, but I can put her into suspended animation." in another dimension. Um, and also, uh, since I don't know if we're gonna be able to get her out again, or if we'll ever fix this or anything, I am gonna alter your memories of this whole situation so you just think she died, because I guess that's less traumatic than her being cursed by a wizard and in suspended animation in another dimension. Um... So, that happens. And then, uh, adult Dinah is dying for some reason, um, like, after a fight, and she's like, oh, I just, uh, I just wanna, I just wanna see, I just wanna see my daughter, and they're like, okay, uh, so she's not, she didn't actually die, uh, we should probably tell you this now. We changed your memories. Uh, here she is. She's in suspended animation, but she has been aging, and now she's an adult. Um, and, uh, Dinah's like, oh, wow, I, I wish I, I'm still, I'm trying to make sense of this. She says, I wish this, this young woman could take over for me. Um, and Johnny Thunder and, uh, Superman, one of the Supermans, uh, they go, oh, cool, and put adult Dinah's memories into young Dinah's body, uh, which I feel like is not what she meant. No. I don't think that would be the conclusion I would draw from this. And this is all just based on the, the, the Wikipedia summary. Again, I've never, like, I have not read or, like, seen reference to these actual comics before. And it's like, <laughs> spoiler, this isn't canon anymore. I just had to talk about it because I read it yesterday and it was so absolutely goddamn whack that this is... <laughs> That this was the thing that they went with to try and, like, make the continuity better. Is they were like, this'll help. This will fix it for sure. Um, they, um, so reasonably, uh, after, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths happens, uh, a few years after that, uh, when they try and, you know, undo all of the extra continuity stuff that they have, um, they go, okay, that was whack. You know what? We did that one bad. <laughs> that was a whack thing. That was a whack thing to do. We did not really 
make any of that make more sense. We made it much worse. Uh, here's the new thing. We got a black canary. On this Earth. We only have one Earth now. We just did Crisis on Infinite Earths. We got rid of all the extra Earth. We're down to just one. We'll have one for, like, five minutes, and then there's gonna be, like, 80 Earths again, but that's fine. 52 um, Earths. 52 of them! Um, on this Earth, currently, uh, Dinah Drake was a crime fighter. Uh, she was, as the original Black Canary stories had her as she was, like, a, a just a cool martial artist going around infiltrating secret organizations, punching bad guys, fighting crime. Um, she has a daughter the normal way <laughs> <laughs> with her husband, uh, Larry Lance, I, is, uh, still her husband in this, I believe. Um, they have a daughter. Their daughter has a genetic mutation that gives her this, uh, superpower of a sonic scream. Um, <laughs> they have a daughter, and they raise their daughter, and they do not put their daughter in a suspended animation alternate dimension and then transfer their memories into their daughter. They don't do that. They just have a daughter, and she grows up. A much um, better plotline. Way more sense. Just way, way, way more sense. Um, I think in, uh, in New 52, um, they change it so it's like, oh, she, uh, she grew up on the streets and she was, you know, shuffled all around to different foster homes and then eventually she was raised by this martial artist in his dojo. Um, I think, I assume we're back to this- this one being canon where her mom was the Black Canary because New 52 isn't a thing anymore, but also they did keep some stuff from it. So I am not 100% on that, but I think this is currently what the story is. Um, so, uh, Dinah Lance is, uh, born to, uh, her retired superhero mom, um, and her detective dad, uh, and she's like, oh, hell yeah, I want to fight crime, too. Um, and they're like, no, no, that, not, not, you're not doing that, um, because it was very dangerous, and we don't want you to, to put your life at risk that way. Um, and she's like, please, 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 I wanna, please. Um, and then, uh, does eventually, uh, gain her mother's permission to, like, uh, use her old costume and, you know, train with some of her old compatriots, uh, and work on, uh, controlling her superpowers and becomes the new Black Canary. Um, she also, uh, she joins the... Justice League, um, early on, um, which is where she meets, uh, uh, obviously Oliver Queen, um. Did you they... forget his name for a second? Yeah, I did. I forgot, I forgot Ollie's name. I'm sorry, Ollie. <laughs> um. You know, she met that one guy. You know, the guy. guy, whatever, he's got the beard, you know, the guy. You know, the dude. Where's a lot of green? John yeah, Stewart, gr probably. <laughs> He's probably John Stewart. Um, but, uh, she, she meets Ollie there. Um, they obviously, um, obviously, if you're familiar with them, um, they butt heads at the beginning, uh, and then eventually this blossoms into romance, um, but the romance also involves them butting heads a lot. Um, you know, the classic trope. The classic trope, you know, how they do. Um, and this will continue um, through most of their uh, comic book lives together. Um, there's a, um, a point in, um, so when DC 
undid everything from the new 52 because it was all bad and nobody liked it. Um, and they went to Rebirth, which restored most of, like, the original continuity. Um, they had, like, kind of an intro, like, lead-up comic that was, like, a lot of it, uh, Wally West, who did not exist anymore, like, sort of narrating from outside of space-time all of the things that were, like, wrong with this version of the DC Universe. He's like, why does nobody else see how messed up everything is? Um, They're too close to it, Wally. Yeah, um, but he's like, hey, freaking Ollie and Dinah barely know each other. They're supposed to be married. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> um, which, what is happening in this universe? <laughs> very cute to me that, like, Ollie and Dinah's weird thing that they do is just, like, one of the central pillars of, like, existence. <laughs> um, but, uh, she joins the Justice League. Um, she's also one of the founding members of, uh, Justice League International, um, which is, uh, the spinoff kind of, like, slightly goofy Justice League comic where, like, uh, Booster Gold and Ted Kord have, like, a lot of their zany adventures. Um, For a second, I thought you were gonna bring up the exact instance of them stealing John's cookies. Yeah, they, they steal, they steal John's cookies, um, Batman punches Guy Gardner in the face, and everybody thinks this is hysterically funny. Um. It is. It is historically funny. They're not wrong. Um, Dinah historically has a very contentious relationship with Guy Gardner because uh, he's, he's kind of sexist. Yeah. Um, Dinah's also like I one I I'd say probably like the female character besides Diana who's had like the most staying power on the Justice League. Um, which is confusing because their names are Dinah and Diana, and obviously that's not anyone's fault. Um, it just makes it difficult to, to talk about sometimes. Um, yeah. Also the fact that in a few comics, um, like a few writers like randomly decided it was too confusing to have Dinah and her mom have the same name, so they changed her mom's name to Diana, which I oh, feel like- Oh no. One, it's confusing because there's already a Diana. And two, at least naming your daughter after yourself, like, makes some amount of sense. Naming your daughter a name that sounds almost exactly like your name but isn't is just, like, why? Yeah, like, <laughs> you you could always be all like, oh, Dinah is a family name. The firstborn girl's always named Dinah. Yeah. And... <laughs> But if you're like, oh yeah, Diana, my daughter, Dinah, just mm-hmm. because I love the song, you know, that old folksy someone's in the kitchen yep. with Dinah, yeah, playing I on the old banjo, song. love it, love <laughs> it, gotta sing it at my kid every single time. Yep, cannot get enough of that song. Uh, love to have everyone in our family uh, need to enunciate very clearly whenever they want to address one or the other of us. It's just, it's so fun. Um, but, uh, so she's, she's on, um, she's on the Justice League, she's on Justice League International, um, she, uh, obviously she and Green Arrow show up in a lot of each other's, uh, ongoing adventures. She's in a lot of that, uh, the Green Arrow, Green Lantern story, where it's just, like, like, Green Arrow and Green Lantern, like, tackle a lot of complex social issues from, like, two distinct perspectives. Um, she shows up in a lot of those. Obviously, she's, uh, present for everything that happens with, uh, Roy Harper's drug addiction, um, because, as you know, 
a significant presence in Ollie's life. She's also been kind of a significant presence in Roy's as Ollie's sidekick. Um, she, uh, she goes on this adventure where she, uh, helps, uh, rescue a bunch of Native Americans from a white supremacist cult, which is one of the many <laughs> fun and uplifting storylines that happened in this Green Arrow, Green Lantern comic. Thanks, um, comics. Thanks, comics. That's fun. I mean, I'm glad Dinah was there to help them, but you also did make that situation in the first place. <laughs> you did. Um, and, uh, she, uh, oh, she gets very messed up. Uh, we talked about this with Ollie, but there's, uh, you know, a very grimdark adult Green Arrow miniseries, um, that was one of DC's kind of attempts to, you know, make more adult comics before they officially, or this was part of their adult imprint that eventually became Vertigo, which is where they put most of their adult comics. Um, but, uh, the blah, 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 Diamond gets, like, kidnapped and tortured, and, like, uh, they take away her superpowers, uh, and also she ends up, like, infertile because of it, because that's just, like, what, like, a thing that always happens all the time, there's women in comics, and it has to be a whole thing, um, it's yeah. infuriating, um, this, uh, so, that happens. She gets over that trauma, um, thankfully. Um, you know, she works to overcome it. Um, she and Ollie go, you know, support each other, still go kind of back and forth on the relationship thing. Um, and in my personal favorite, uh, part of her career, um, she joins, uh, the Birds of Prey, um, yes, which I think it's, like, uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, um, I'd say she joins the Birds of Prey, she basically is, she's, like, the first person who joins the Birds of Prey, so she, basically, she and Babs are the Birds of Prey for, like, (laughs) A bit. Like, she is the Birds of Prey. Um. Yeah. But, so. Canaries. Now a Bird of Prey. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's like, the only one there who's a bird until, I think, Lady Blackhawk shows up, so. (laughs) She's still doing better than the rest of them. Um. But, uh, she, uh, she and Barbara Gordon as Oracle, uh, found this team, um, cause Oracle's trying to create a new, uh, covert group that she can work with to do kind of secret missions, um, and also they're all gonna be women. I don't know if that was her intent from the beginning, or if she just kept being like, wow, women are really great at everything, (laughs) and we actually don't need men at all, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Turns out, um, bye. Uh, but um, this is uh, this is like my favorite, my favorite particular uh, Dinah dynamic. Um, and like during this time, at first she still uh doesn't have her superpowers. Um, but she develops these like uh like, sonic bombs that she can use that do basically the same thing. Um, and then, uh, at some point during this series, uh, they, uh, they fight Rachel Ghoul and they go to the Lazarus Pit, and Barbara's like, hey, you should just, just go in there, maybe you'll get your superpowers back. <laughs> it brings dead people back to life, so probably it'll give you your superpowers back. It, like, heals people and stuff. And Dinah's like, yeah, sure, I'll just jump in this dangerous, like, you know, life-restoring magic hole that, you know, brings people back and also makes them, like, severely mentally unstable. But she does, and it's fine, and she gets her superpowers back. 
Um, which I think is partly just, like, just, like, Gail Simone just, like, furiously typing in her office, like, stop taking away women's agency! I'm gonna give it all back! I don't care what I have to do! Which is, like, valid. Thank you, Gail, for all your hard work. Thank you, Gail, for all, um, all that you've done. Um, but, uh... The real, uh, the real excellent thing about, uh, Birds of Prey is, uh, Dinah and Babs are the two, like, core members, and then, uh, Huntress, Helena, joins them shortly after it, and then they're mostly the main trio of this, and then, like, some other people come in and out of the picture. Um, but the dynamic between Dinah and Babs is, like, so so excellent um mostly because like it really drives home one of the things that i enjoy most about dinah when she's like written you know by by a a writer who sort of gets it is that she's like she's a little bit of a mess <laughs> like she's like she's super great at a lot of things like she's a very like you know like disciplined like, competent, righteous, like, brave person, um, but, like, her life falls out of control, like, pretty easily. (laughs) She's, like, a little bit chaotic, sort of impulsive, uh, very stubborn, (laughs) which is also why, like, one of the reasons her thing with Ollie is so fun, because, like, they're both just, like, kind of fools about it, um, but a lot of the, like, the emotional drive behind, uh, Birds of Prey is, like, Babs being super pragmatic, super focused, just, like, really, really, you know, only cares about the mission, sometimes to, like, the detriment of, like, other things or emotional attachments in her life, um, and Dinah being, you know, going off most of her emotional impulses, and kind of a hothead, and making snap decisions, uh, and it's very, very fun. Um, she also, over the course of this, um, she does this, uh, she does this thing with Lady Shiva, um, famous assassin Lady Shiva, um, where they, like, swap lives, not in, like, a comics, like, body-swapping way, but they just, like, they just, just, like, choose to live each other's lives, um, and Dinah goes through, like... Like, wife swap. Like, wife swap, yeah, exactly. And Dinah goes through, like, all of Lady Shiva's, like, rigorous assassin training, and Lady Shiva, I guess, works at a flower shop? (laughs) Um, but, uh, she, um, while she's training, um, she meets this uh, this young girl who is at this, uh, this village where, you know, they're training all of these kids to become, like, super assassins, um, and obviously it's, you know, very demanding, um, even on Dinah as, like, an adult woman, um, this, uh, she meets this little girl whose name is Sin, um, as, you know, just sort of a <laughs> way to dehumanize all the tiny assassin children that they're teaching to do murders, um, who's, like, kind of considered, like, uh, the, the next in line to become, like, the next Lady Shiva, um, and Dinah goes, mm, no, and then, uh, takes this girl back to America with her, and is like, hi, this is my new child, uh, if anything happens to her, I will kill everyone in this room and then myself. (laughs) Um, and she, like, she, she, like, introduces her to Ollie, um, she introduces her to all the birds of prey, and they all kind of, you know, everybody sort of takes a hand in helping her get acclimated to having a normal life. Um, and this, uh, becomes a major part of her life for a while is, you know, trying to raise and 
mentor this child. Um, she does eventually, um, after, uh, some things get bad, uh, it might be, I think it's, like, uh, the League of Assassins tries to kidnap her, um, and they have to, uh, go and find, like, a, a, like, a secluded monastery to hide her in, so she doesn't get kidnapped again, but Dinah still, like, goes and visits her and checks up on her, so it's cool. I wish she stayed around, because, uh, it's, it's great, it's a great fun dynamic, and, like, the, a lot of, uh, Dinah and Ollie also kind of, like, end up raising a lot of kids, uh, like, Ollie's had a few sidekicks that Dinah usually takes a part in, you know, helping out when Ollie's not doing great, um, and also, you know, Roy's daughter, Leon is, like, sort of their adopted grandchild, um, but, like, Dinah, Dinah mentoring a, a kid on her own, especially one she's, like, as close with as she is with Sin, is, like, it's, it's very good. And I think that they sort of try to replicate this in, um, there's a new 52 Black Canary series, um, and most of the new 52 is very bad. Um, the Black Canary series is good, um, because most of it is about her, uh, being in a band, um, and, like, you know, kind of having a, being, like, the front woman of this punk band and kind of having a reputation for, like, you know, not being reliable or, like, trashing the venue after shows and stuff like that, um, so, uh, like, some of it is about her fighting crime, and then a bunch of it is about her relationship with her bandmates. Um, and it's drawn by, what, what is the artist's name? Um, I should, Annie Wu, I think? Um, yeah. Yeah, Annie Wu is the artist. Um, which, it's like, great, great, super rad art. Um, but it's like, it's a very fun series, but one of the things about it is a lot of the storyline revolves around her relationship with this, like, mysterious young girl who a bunch of, like, weird organizations are after, and Dinah's like, well, just gotta protect this girl with my life! Um, which I think kind of comes from, uh, the storyline with Sin. Um, but, uh, that is a, uh, a very cool, uh, very sort of stylish, uh, Black Canary comic, if anybody wanted to check that out. Um, it doesn't, uh, it's the New 52, so the continuity is bad. And it doesn't go into a lot of, uh, my favorite things about Dinah, like her relationship with Ollie or her relationship with Babs. Um, but it is cool. Um, and also, everybody should read Birds of Prey, because <laughs> that's freaking great. Um, there's a part in Birds of Prey where, uh, Dinah walks into Bab's apartment and Dick Grayson is showering, and she just, like, blatantly checks him out, and she's like, nice! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Um, I am going to guess you didn't read any comics, because you've been con-crunching <laughs> again. This is true. This yes. is extremely true. Which Listen. I even switched from like, oh, I'm gonna do not from Critical Role for this, to like, okay, I'm just gonna fix up Molly Mock and wear him instead. Because <laughs> there's no way that I'm gonna be able to finish not to any degree that I'm satisfied with. I so. I admire your flexibility. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I don't have enough money for any other uh, new cosplays this year, mm. so I'm just gonna finish not in time for uh, San Diego Comic-Con, of which I have a one-day badge. <laughs> one day of not. One day of not, and I'll get yeah. to wear the socks that I made in two shoes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's fashion. 
Anyway, did you read comics? I did read comics. Um, couple things I wanted to talk about. Um, one is uh, a comic came out this past week, which is uh, one of the things I've most been looking forward to this year, um, which is uh, Spider-Man Life Story, um, which is written by Chip Zdarsky and drawn thanks, by... Thanks, Chip. Thanks, Chip. Uh, drawn by Mark Bagley. Um, I was looking forward to it, one, because um, I love... Chip's writing, and I love Chip writing uh, Spider-Man. Um, and two, uh, because the pitch being that uh, it follows Spider-Man uh, through each decade since Spider-Man was first created um, is very cool. Um, so issue one, obviously, uh, is the 60s, um, and, you know, there's a lot of, uh, fun, vintage, uh, Spider-Man looks, um, but it also, a lot of it, uh, focuses on the Vietnam War, um, and specifically on Captain America's, uh, complicated opinions on the Vietnam War, um, obviously, because Steve Rogers, um, and also Peter being like, should I, should I, should I be in the war? Like, does my, does my great responsibility extend to that? Like, I should, like, a lot of people are, like, signing up to go fight in this war, but also should I be here? Um, which is, like, it's, uh, pretty, I mean, I, obviously I've read, like, uh, Chip Zdarsky's other Spider-Man work, um, and, you know, a lot of it is very emotionally serious, but also funny. Um, I was not expecting the first issue of this to take such, like, a genuinely, like, historically, socially kind of inclined tone, um, but it's, like, it's, it's pretty neat, and I am, uh, excited to see what future issues are going to be like. Um, I also... Yeah, that sounds, like, really, really interesting. It's very interesting. Um, I also, uh, I started, um, about a third of the way through, um, Faith Erin Hicks's Comics Will Break Your Heart, which we mentioned a few weeks ago, I think. Um, but, uh... Faith Erin Hicks is a cartoonist and a comic book writer and artist. Um, this is her first prose novel. Uh, it's a YA romance about uh, two teens who are both uh, descendants of the creators of a major like uh, comic book property. And one of them ended up with uh, all of the rights to, you know the the intellectual property and now it's getting made into a movie and his family is super rich um and one of them you know sold their rights for very cheap and now uh his family has like is not getting anything from this um and it is uh very charming um it's very very much a YA romance um which I love um it's funny because I did just read, um, I've been reading Maureen Johnson's, uh, Truly Devious series, um, and the main love interest boy in that and the main love interest boy in this are, like, basically exactly the same boy. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm, Ugh. I'm, I'm rich and, and charming and tormented and I, I hate my dad and I, uh, act out and do crimes, um, because of how sad I am, um. And, like, I love it. Like, genuinely, if you, like me, like, have a soft spot in your heart for very charming YA romances, um, and you want one with, you know, a, uh, modern comic book twist, um, you would definitely enjoy it a lot. Um, if you don't know how you feel about YA romances, then still check it out, probably, because maybe you'll love it. Um, 
I also, uh, there's a few things coming out this week, um, and we will talk about this after I read it, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention, uh, Detective Comics issue 1000 drops, uh, I think it'll be tomorrow when you're listening to this, um, which, like, uh, Action Comics issue 1000 is, uh, gonna be, like, a big, like, extra-sized anthology um, of short stories by a bunch of different writers and artists. Uh, Tom King is obviously up in the mix, uh, as, as he always gets. Um, and also, like, a billion different variant covers. Um, so, you know, it's probably, probably a thing to check out. I, I definitely will be. Um, I think that's everything I wanted to touch on. Um, so, if you want to, uh, talk to us about anything you're reading, if you want to talk to us about anything else, um, you can find us all over social media. We got, uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Pinterest. Uh, we have a Facebook group. You can, uh, send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. Um, feel free to hit us up with episode suggestions. We don't always say that, but, like, definitely if there's something you really want us to talk about, like, let us know. Um, we have a Patreon. Um, if you want to support us in that way, you can get bonus episodes, you can join us for movie nights, you can help us, uh, actually pick what we talk about from our list of things that we should talk about. Um, if, uh, if you can't do that, uh, but you still want to help us out, we love getting ratings and reviews, um, we love you letting your friends know, um, about the podcast. Um, we have a Discord server. I forgot to say that. We have a Discord server, so you can feel free to join that. All are welcome. Come talk to us about comics, or not about comics, about whatever's going on in your life. Um, we love it. Um, and, yeah, thank you for listening, for joining us. Um, we love you very, very, very much. I have been Olivia. And I have been Elion. And, as always, someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. Someone's in the kitchen, I know. Someone's in the kitchen with Dinah, strumming on the old banjo. <laughs> and singing kiss me. Do it. Me, Do it, Olivia. Man. <laughs> kiss me, sexy Batman. Kiss me, sexy Batman. Kiss me, sexy Batman. Boop. Very nice. Um.